The opinions and statements expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB, its staff, or management. Good morning, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of Boomer Generation Radio. This is your host, Richard Address, coming to you from the studios of WWDB AM860 here in Greater Philadelphia. And we're streaming live on WWDBAM.com. You can reach us at Boomer Generation Radio at Boomer Generation Radio at, at gmail.com. Unlike the page on Facebook, Boomer Generation Radio on Facebook. We are very happy to bring you today a very, very special guest, uh, Jim Furman, the president and CEO of the National Council of Aging. And we'll be back with our guests right after this message from our very, very good friends down the road here at Kendall. Hi, this is Kendall resident Harry Hammond. This portion of Boomer Generation Radio is brought to you by Kendall. Founded on Quaker principles, Kendall provides independent living, assisted living, memory support, skilled nursing and rehabilitation care for older adults in eight states. Whether you're looking for the intellectual and cultural stimulation of a college town or a big city, Kendall has a community for you. We are together transforming the experience of aging. To learn more, visit Kendall.org or call toll-free 888-759-0128. Welcome back to our first segment here on Boomer Generation Radio. And... um, Beautiful day in Philadelphia, a little chilly for April, and we'll forget the snow flurries early this morning because that was ridiculous. Um, Anyway, we are pleased and honored to welcome uh, Dr. Jim Furman, the president and CEO of the National Council on Aging. Uh, Dr. Furman, are you there? Yes, I am. Good morning. Hi, hi. Good to speak with you. Good to hear your voice. Thank you very much for your time. And um, we want to, lots of things to talk about, really, to review, really, uh, NCOA. Could you just start us off, um, Jim, by just overviewing what's the mission of, of NCOA? How did it evolve? Uh, what, what do you do? Sure. Uh, actually, we're celebrating our 65th birthday this year, the National Council on Aging is a nonprofit service and advocacy organization. Uh, our mission is to help improve the lives of millions of baby boomers and older adults, especially those who are struggling. And I might want to add, I, uh, your listeners may not know, but NCOA was pleased to have given Rabbi Address a, uh, an honor several years ago for the oh. National Interfaith Coalition on Aging for your outstanding work in spirituality. Oh, I thank so you. we're pleased to have recognize a great leader thank thank you <laughs> thank you very much unsolicited unexpected but thank you very much um, well so NCO anyway so we are we uh, have been working for 65 years to help improve the health and economic security and independence of older adults and over the years we've really done it in four ways one way which we call collaborative leadership is bringing together people from Nonprofit business and government to solve problems, and also working with community-based organizations all across the country. We have about 2,000 nonprofit community partners uh, that are working every day to serve older adults in the communities. We're also very good at developing and bringing to scale innovative services and programs. So, for example, early on we did the first pilot program for Meals on Wheels. Uh, and help make the case why that should be a federal program. We did the first pilot for foster grandparents and similarly proved that it was useful and brought it to scale. Uh, I worked on a program called Benefit Checkup, 
and others and others of Aging Mastery Program, which I'll talk about later. So we're very good at bringing new ideas uh, to bear and then bringing them to scale. We're also good at advocacy. We uh, really know what we, we, I think, we're respected in the Congress and the state houses because uh, we, uh, people know that we're advocating on behalf of the most vulnerable. The the um, work of NCOA, um, there's so much to talk about. I want to also invite uh, those people listening that, that um, Dr. Furman has agreed uh, that if you want to call in, and, and the call-in number is 888-329-3306. That's 888-329-3306. It's toll-free number. Let me talk about, you mentioned advocacy and something that's, that's current, um, the reauthorization of the Older Americans Act. I know on your website you, you just posted that uh, the House... Uh, pass this unanimously, I think, a voice vote on March 21st. Where, where does this act stand it, uh, with the Senate? Has it passed? Is it going to be, if it hasn't passed, what's its status, given the craziness of the election? Where are we with this, and why is it so important? Well, we are, uh, we're optimistic. There, there needs to be there some reconciliation that needs to happen between the two bills, but we're optimistic that the act will get reauthorized, and, you know, I think it in part because there's such gridlock going on every time uh, the, the politics have a line for uh, people in both houses to want to uh, look for things where there is bipartisan agreement. And um, the Older Americans Act has always been a piece of legislation that uh, everybody gets behind. It's, uh, it helps to provide the backbone of community services and support for older adults, uh, nutrition programs, and Meals on Wheels programs, support for uh, information and referral. It's not a huge piece of legislation. It's about $2 billion, uh, which is very small compared to Medicare and Medicaid, but it's very important because it provides some basic resources in every community. So, uh, can you just what, what like for example, Jim? Uh, what, what resources? Because these are very, very well, these are basic in the in the trenches type of support systems, are they not? Yeah. So, the, for example, Meals on Wheels and uh, Hot Meal Nutritionist Meals is, is a large program. It's also a about a quarter of the funding goes to community service jobs for low income seniors. It also provides uh, what many uh, people may know as their Office on Area Agency on Aging, providing information and referral, where, where to go when you need help. Caregiver support services, respite care, is another type of, of programming. Uh, some support, uh, not enough, but some support for senior centers uh, and their programming as well. So basic social services, basic supports, uh, often uh, supplemented by state or county funding, uh, but helps to, uh, you know, if your mother needs help, the Office on Aging or the Senior Center, uh, it's a place that you're going to turn in your community. So this is now pending in the Senate, is that correct? Yeah, and it should be, uh, you know, we're optimistic, like I said. It seems to have been, we've been pushing for a long time, and there was an interest, and then kind of magically at the moment when the impasse uh, uh, emerge about the Supreme Court nominee. Uh, all of a sudden, Congress said, "Okay, well, let's look for things we can do that would be bipartisan." So, we're we're very hopeful. You mentioned in the mission statement uh, the, the idea of being ex- exceptionally concerned with the vulnerable population of older adults, 
And I think this is a population that really rarely gets focused on in the United States right now. Certainly in the media, there's a lot of talk about, you know, in, and we'll get to this, enjoying aging and the economics of, you know, that second house or whatever, whatever. But you spend a tremendous amount of time and, and there's a lot of material on the website about that vulnerable population. Talk to us a little bit about how NCOA deals with the, the issues of uh, older hunger, older adult hunger, um, which is a, a, a subject that rarely gets discussed in the popular media. But yet, from what I'm reading and from what you're alluding to, this is a major issue. Absolutely. Yeah, we actually use the term struggling because sometimes people don't think of themselves as as vulnerable, but a lot of people are struggling. About uh, you know, forty percent of all seniors are relying almost exclusively on Social Security uh, for income. Uh, the those people have most forty percent have less than forty thousand in saving. Twenty percent have no savings really. Wow. Uh, and uh, you know, costs are rising dramatically. So we uh, look for people, we seek to help millions of people who are struggling either financially or because of health problems uh, or uh, multiple chronic conditions. But over time, we've identified that there really are some solutions out there that can help people. One of them that we've done a lot of work on is to help people connect to benefits that they're actually eligible for and missing out on. And for example, we uh, think there's more than $30 billion in benefits that older adults are eligible for and not receiving. Uh, so, in fact, you know, Congress or the State House passes laws to help people, and then they scratch their heads and wonder why people don't sign up for them. So let me give you one example. One program is the SNAP program, Supplemental New Nutrition Assistance Program. And some people think, oh, that's the old food stamps program, and I don't want to take that program. Well, actually, it's a much better benefit for the average uh, older adult. It's worth about 110 to $120 a month, which is a lot. If you want to help, it could be the difference between uh, being able to buy fresh fruits and vegetables and not. And there, right now, as uh, two years ago, there were more than 5.5 million people who are eligible, over 60, who are eligible for that benefit and not receiving it. That's more than $5.8 billion just for that one benefit. Um, another benefit is the SSI benefit, Supplemental Security Income, of which there are about at least 2.5 million people who are eligible for it not receiving it. Uh, and that benefit's worth about uh, $4,000 a year. So uh, one of the things we're very proud of that we've done is a service to make it easy for people, a free confidential service called BenefitsCheckup.org. Uh, anyone, anytime, anywhere can go online and fill out an anonymous questionnaire for themselves or for their friends or loved ones who maybe live in a different part of the country and get a quick uh, confidential report about all the benefits that they're missing out on. And it's not unusual for an older adult to discover that they're eligible for three, four, five thousand dollars a year in benefits uh, that they're not getting. So, closing the benefits gap is one of the strategies that we're working on. Uh, but there are also others. If I, if I may go on, one no, go ahead, go ahead. is uh, working. You know, we see that a lot of people make the mistake, or at least we think it's a mistake when they take 
Social Security at 62 instead of waiting uh, till 66 or 67, uh, which means over their lifetime they're going to get considerably less benefits. Uh, and a lot of them probably ought to continue to be working longer than they are. Um, sometimes it's hard, but now there's some kind of new kinds of employment opportunities like Uber or Lyft sometimes is actually employing a lot of older people. So that's another area. And then the third area is 80% of older adults do own their own homes, uh, but many of them are overhoused. They um, uh, are living in the house where they lived in when they had three or, you know, three or four bedrooms with their kids there, and they just stay in that house uh, without really recognizing all of the financial consequences of keeping up the mortgage and on the taxes and insurance and upkeep uh, when they're really only using one bedroom. Uh, so we think better financial planning there can help as well. There's no silver bullet, but we think about 40% of all older adults um, are economically insecure, uh, and if they don't do something, they're not going to have enough money when they get to particularly into the 70s and late and 80s. Well, we've been told, and we've had some financial planners on the show, and certainly the literature seems to suggest that just dealing with the baby boom generation, a significant number of the baby boom generation, all of which all of whom are now over 50 years of age, and the first wave of them now turning 70, just don't have enough money saved for retirement. And everything, and you're validating that. And, and I mean, I guess the, the question is how, how, from your perspective as the head of NCOA, when you deal with this in, in the country and people come to you and say, I want to retire, but I just don't have enough money to live, um, how does a person deal with that? Well, you're right. There, and, you know, there are several factors. People say, why is this happening? Um, and uh, so, so a couple of things are different. Uh, so I'm 64 and a half, so I'm one of these people. Uh, and I, so I talked to my friends in high school, and, uh, and there's a cohort. And I think I have a pretty good sense of what's going on. Uh, and we saw our parents and grandparents. And when our, my grandfather, uh, who turned 65, or, uh, when I was born in 1951, uh, the average male was only going to have four or five years of good health left and maybe four or five years of not good health. So they lived for 10 years. Uh, now a male will live for 16 years, 12 of them in good health, and a woman will live for 20 years. So part of it is the idea of turning 65 uh, we have more time, which means that uh, we have more years to cover, more, more, and we have to stretch those savings longer. The other thing that's happened is that uh, pretty much our parents uh, and grandparents, if they owned a home, you know, by the time they were 60, they had burned their mortgage. They had uh, were debt free. Uh, now, a lot of older homeowners still have mortgages and they can have as much as thirty or forty thousand dollars in credit card debt. So people are retiring with more debt. They are going to live longer than their parents or grandparents. And many of them, actually, the average age of retirement now is sixty-two. People really are retiring early. So all of these things are coming together. Uh, healthcare costs are higher. So what we're telling people is we're really trying to promote the idea of. Financial fitness, financial planning, uh, and it's not your grandfather's retirement, and you've really got to 
uh, think differently about the future and make better use of all of your assets, whether and not just your your Social Security and your Medicare, but your home, your time, and everything else that you've got. People are just not prepared. We're speaking with uh, Dr. Jim Furman, the president and CEO of the National Council of Aging, uh, here on Boomer Generation Radio, coming to you from the studios of WWDB AM 860 here in Philadelphia. And we're streaming live on WWDBAM.com. We'll be back with uh, Dr. Furman right after this message from our friends at Kendall. Hi, this is Kendall staff member Sheila Sylvester. This portion of Boomer Generation Radio is brought to you by Kendall. Founded on Quaker principles, Kendall provides independent living, assisted living, memory support, skilled nursing, and rehabilitation care for older adults in eight states. Whether you're looking for the intellectual and cultural stimulation of a college town or a big city, Kendall has a community for you. We are together transforming the experience of aging. To learn more, visit kendall.org or call toll-free 888-759-0128. Welcome back to our continuing first segment here of uh, Boomer Generation Radio with Dr. Jim Furman, the president and CEO of the National Council on Aging, talking about the whole variety and menu of opportunities and services from NCOA, as well as uh, many of the trends that are impacting our generation and um, will impact our kids' generation as well. Uh, Jim, before we go on, real fast, um, I want to remind our listeners that if they want to join in in the conversation here, the toll-free number is 888-329-3306. That's 888-329-3306. Jim, could you give us the website address of NCOA? Somebody wants to tap into the website and take a look at this rather extensive uh, menu of opportunities and offerings. How do they do that? Sure, it's www.ncoa.org, nationalcouncilonaging.org, and you'll find lots of uh, resources for consumers uh, and for professionals, including several uh, free public service websites where we offer more information about benefits, about uh, other economic solutions, health programs, etc. cetera. Uh, you know, there are a couple million people coming to the website each year, uh, another one we have is called My Medicare Matters, which helps people figure out uh, how to make the most out of the Medicare. We're very proud of the services that we have. Uh, and also on the website, you can find a map to find which of our community partners are offering programs right in your community. Right. I see on the website you, you have the benefits checkup uh, toolkit. You have the Medicare matters uh, information, and then you have something we call the Economic Security Toolkit. Just since you were talking a little bit about the economic impact of all this uh, before the break, what, what, what's on the Economic Security Toolkit? So that's a, the benefit checkup is a service which has information on 2,000 benefits programs, for state, uh, federal, and local uh, benefits, and it's a quick way to find out what you're eligible for and what can help you. The economic checkup takes a broader look beyond benefits and says, what are other ways to improve your economic security, budgeting, money management, uh, figuring out how to think about your home as an asset, uh, employment strategies. So it's a broader concept of resources, information, calculators, and tools 
for uh, a person who's asking himself, and all of us should be asking ourselves, is how how can we be as uh, smart as possible uh, to make sure we have enough resources, uh, not only for now, but recognizing that for most of us, if we get to the point uh, where we may need some long-term services and supports, uh, long-term care, then we're going to need to have a pretty good nest egg uh, in order to help pay for all those extra expenses. I just want to make sure that people understand. That some people may think, well, if I call NCOA or tap onto their website, there's going to be a person there that's going to be able to answer all of my questions. Is that true, or, or is this really when I go on the website, I'm going to be led to other links to other organizations and services? You're going to, it's the latter. You're going to be linked to other organizations and services uh, that have, for most services, for a couple of services we have, telephone assistance if you're trying to figure out some things if you're considering a uh, reverse mortgage we can link you to a uh, counseling uh, head a hun- uh, program funded by the Department of Housing and Urban Development for telephonic counseling but most of the time we're going to connect you to somebody in your community uh, again all, some often those are the programs that are funded by the Old Americans Act well there'll be a local resource who can either help you telephonically or in some cases you can go to their offices and sometimes they'll even do home visits. So we'll, wow. we'll get you to the best resources, which is frankly what I do a lot for even my friends. You know, I'm 64, so people call up either about their situations or their moms or their dads or in the late 80s or early 90s and they say, what should I do? And what I don't know what to do. And pretty most of the time I help them find the, the right local resource. Uh, to help them work through their situation. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I imagine it's gonna, it would be a challenge for you when you go to the dreaded cocktail party and you know somebody asks you what you do and you tell them, and, and I bet you get the, oh, do you mind if I just ask you a quick question? You know, it's like, you know I do. It, it's, uh, it's almost <laughs> a universal. Well, you know, you get to be, uh, you know, remember that Billy Crystal uh, movie, uh, I think it was City Slickers, you know, yeah. people, you know, as they get older, start talking about and fifty procedures and surgeries. And so people in their surgeries are, are talking about a combination of their their own procedures and surgeries and also their, their, uh, their dip, often difficult situations with their aging parents. Right. Um, and I, it, it's interesting how conversations do change. And as you get, it's a big, it sounds like a, a, a good Saturday Night Live skit. You know, now I, too many times I've been with friends and you start comparing medications. Um, right. As right. opposed to vacations. It's uh, bizarre. <laughs> Very bizarre. Speaking of bizarre, we're in the middle of this rather bizarre election season. And one of the things I just wanted to touch on, um, on the website, you have you, you have these this little um, icon or something. Five questions to ask the candidates. Uh, by the way, rarely asked in the debates. Rarely, which continues to fascinate me. I mean, you have this huge population, a growing population in the United States of America, people over the age of 65 and certainly over the age of 50, and yet rarely do any of these five questions um, get asked. Talk to us. Can you talk to us a little bit about, uh, since we're in the middle of all this election stuff, what 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 are those five questions? What are the areas of those five questions? Okay, now you're on the website, and I'm not, so you're going to have to uh, give you. Uh, I'll, I'll give you. The, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Okay. The five things that you they talk about on the website are long-term care, 
funding funding for senior programs like you talked about with the older Americans uh, older Americans Act, Medicare um, issues and protection for low income people, which again we, you alluded to, this idea of senior hunger, which rarely gets talked about, and the whole issue of Social Security, and I guess would fall under with a rubric of Social Security and Medicare uh, funding and the futures of future of that. Uh, given the nature of American, the American economy, and whether we, whether it is as gloom and doom as some people say, or just relax, everything's going to be okay. So those are the five oh, questions. Good. Okay, good. So thank you for this. No, for I don't want to surprise you. You know, as we get older, every once in a while. We no, 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 no. You remind. <laughs> so uh, let's start. Let's start in reverse order. Social Security, uh, to me, is very uh, frustrating because we've known for the last uh, 35 years uh, literally that we needed to, 1982 was the last time that uh, Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan got together and came up with a bipartisan fix for Social Security. Uh, And ever since then we've known that, even though that certainly helped, that there would need to be another day of reckoning when we would do one of three things, uh, raise taxes, uh, reduce the rate of growth and ben- of benefits, or push back the retirement age. Uh, and unlike other problems like Medicare, which are much more complicated, Social Security is an arithmetic problem. Uh, and that all we need to do, some combination of those three things, that I just said would ensure long-term solvency. Yet, for the last at least 25 years, politicians uh, have been unwilling to do this. And what people don't realize, in my opinion, uh, is that this isn't really an issue about today's older people. This is an issue about uh, for millennials and Gen Xers because what's going to happen is that those younger people, which, by the way, also become much more uh, greater, much greater percentage of minorities in the population, are the ones who are going to get the short end of the stick. So what we've been pushing for is that all of the candidates say what they're going to do about this. And like I said, it's not hard to know what to do. It's just a question of the political will to do it. In all of the debates so far, I think there's one question right. Social Security. So we want to hold people accountable for that question. Uh, on the question of uh, senior hunger, you know, we know that there are a lot of people uh, who are uh, not getting enough to eat, or even if they're you know, having enough calories, they're not eating well. They're not getting enough fruits and vegetables in particular because it's expensive. They're eating too much processed food. And, of course, that has a huge cost not only, uh, you know, it has a huge cost for people in the system and health care and health because if people aren't eating healthy, they're more likely to have diabetes, to be uh, a heart condition, to be overweight. Uh, And so there really is a crisis of malnutrition going on in this country and again we want the candidates to say what they're going to do about it. Uh, Medicare unlike Social Security is a much more difficult thing to decide what the solutions are. 
because we're in a world where every day there are more inventions and more expensive procedures that are being developed, which can extend life, can improve life, but often have great costs. So we have a healthcare system that's out of whack. We spend a lot more than other countries on healthcare. We don't get better results, uh, and uh, it's not sustainable. But that's a much harder question because part of it, frankly, I think really deals with, you know, after some people have said that uh, Americans are the only country where people think death is optional. And um, <laughs> and I think we have this belief that we should keep getting unlimited care forever. Uh, and most other countries have dealt with the fact that that's not sustainable, not the right thing. And um, and that's actually a place we'll come back to, I think, you know, religious values and else can help us deal with that. Right. Uh, and then the first one you mentioned, long-term care, that that's a big uh, cliff. That's the thing for which they're really... We don't have a social policy right now. Uh, we have Medicaid, which is, you know, if you spend down, you're eligible for, uh, but really you have to impoverish yourself to qualify. Right. Uh, and there was a program called the Class Act, which was passed as part of the Affordable Care Act. It was then repealed. Uh, and so there really isn't a strategy about long-term care and whether, and those issues of both uh, Alzheimer's disease, uh, and care for baby boomers is a huge looming issue as the people who are 60 and 70 become 80, 85, and 90. There are going to be millions and millions of people uh, needing long-term care uh, and not having the resources to pay for them. Right. And you mentioned the spiritual, the spiritual questions really implicit in this latter, the latter thing that you mentioned, along with the spiritual issue of time. Um, of what do I do with the time that I have now that you know uh, I, I may have twenty, thirty years, God willing, of life ahead of me? There, are, these are the spiritual questions that that are constantly come up when I go out and talk and 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 with people who are working in this area. We're speaking with Dr. Jim Furman, the president and CEO of the National Council on Aging, here on today's edition of Boomer Generation Radio. We'll be back with uh, Jim right after this message uh, from a friend of the show who's uh, back with us to remind us uh, Samaritan Healthcare. Um, that if you um, have been battling a serious illness, and we were just talking about long-term care and serious illness, and maybe your treatments are perhaps not working well anymore, or their side effects perhaps are outweighing their benefits, this isn't the time to give up hope. Rather, it's the time to call Samaritan Healthcare and Hospice for the help that you need to live each day to the fullest. Samaritan's expert staff specializes in what matters most at this precious time. Comfort from your pain, symptoms, and anxiety, emotional and spiritual support right where you live, and dignity because you matter every day of your life. We invite you to talk to Samaritan today because it's tough to get helpful answers if you're afraid to ask the questions. And think you can't afford this type of comprehensive care? Do not worry. Samaritan's hospice services are fully covered by Medicare, Medicaid, and most insurance. Get the comfort, support, and dignity you deserve. We invite you to call Samaritan today at 1-800-229-8183. That's 1-800-229-8183. And as long as we're talking about uh, planning and 
services and the ability to uh, make plans for the future. Again, a, a word from another one of the friends of the show, the Hecht Investment Group of Johnny Montgomery Scott, which provides uh, concierge financial consulting and planning services. As we've been telling you, Peter and his group use a formal investment process as their foundation, and clients receive a written plan, frequent communication, and rapid response to their inquiries. There are no needs greater than your own when it comes to personal financial planning, as we've been talking about on the show uh, a lot already today. The Hecht Investment Group provides experience, guidance, and an efficient management process that is important in today's environment. Additionally, Hecht and his team can assist you in connecting to Janney's Investment Banking Department, which specializes in assisting middle market companies achieve their strategic goals. And a reminder that during this year, the Hecht Investment Group will be conducting a variety of workshops on Social Security, uh, cybersecurity, personal security, and end-of-life issues. We invite you to call the Hecht Investment Group at 856-291-5028 or toll-free at 855-289-2168. Speak with John Connors for more information. The Hecht Investment Group is also on Twitter, LinkedIn, and on Facebook. And Johnny Montgomery Scott is a member of the New York Stock Exchange, FINRA, and the SIPC. No. Hi, this is Kendall resident Harry Hammond. This portion of Boomer Generation Radio is brought to you by Kendall Outreach. Kendall Outreach serves the field of aging by raising public awareness of important health care issues of older adults. And it provides education and training in the development and implementation of comprehensive approaches to safe, individualized, long-term care practices. Kendall Outreach has been sharing Kendall's approaches to quality care with consumers, advocates, providers, government agencies, and related organizations since 1989. To learn more, visit KendallOutreach.org. Welcome back to Boomer Generation Radio. Today, uh, our guest, uh, Dr. Jim Furman, the president and CEO of the National Council on Aging, coming to you again from the studios of WWDB AM 860 here in Greater Philadelphia and streaming live on WWDBAM.com. A reminder that the podcast of this show and most of our shows at Boomer Generation Radio will be available on uh, my website, uh, www.jewishsacredaging.com. Jim, one of the most exciting adventures or adventures and adventure, really, of uh, the NCOA programming, and it's listed on the website, is something that you've developed, the Aging Mastery Program, AMP, which you've been piloting around the country. Uh, Talk to us about this. Why is it so exciting, and what have you found? It's something that I'm uh, personally enjoying. I'm the CEO. I don't often get to actually, you know, roll up my sleeves and create programs anymore. But this one uh, started about uh, three years ago uh, with the recognition, a personal insight that although I've been in this field for my entire career and, you know, people call me an expert, I realized that when I was turning 60, I really didn't know all that much about how to actually age well, to do it right. Uh, And so we put together a program that was really based on four ideas. One, that there really is a science and an art to 
aging well, and that for any aspect of aging, there was actually really good information about the proper way to exercise and what you ought to eat and how to improve your relationships, etc. So we had, there's a really great information, but there was a big gap between what people ought to do and what they actually do. The second thing was that we know actually how to get people to change behavior. Think of like Weight Watchers or uh, programs where they work in small groups, set weekly goals, take small steps to uh, break down big, big things into small things. Like if you've never run and want to train for a marathon, you don't start by running five miles. You start by, you know, walking and jogging for five minutes and building your way up. Uh, the third idea was that um, the really the idea of the Girl Scouts or the Boy Scouts uh, for uh, people 60 years later. If you think about scouting, and maybe many of your listeners were scouts, is that, that that's what the idea behind that is people who are entering a new phase of life have skills, insights, confidences, competencies they need to develop, and you can break those down into things for which they earn the equivalent of merit badges or achievement recognition. And the fourth idea was uh, S&H Greenspan. Do you remember S&H Greenspan? In, if, if my tongue still sticks to the roof of my mouth, remembering sticking those stamps <laughs> with my mom. Uh, and for those of anyone, <laughs> yeah, I bet you anyone who's over the age of 50 remembers them. If you're younger than 50, ask your parents. Because anyway, it was kind of a craze when we were growing up. And uh, the idea of small token rewards. Uh, we did, we go to the grocery store. We didn't care that we were spending 5% more for our food because we got these silly little stamps, <laughs> right, right. put them in bucks, and traded them into things. So anyway, we took all of these either. ideas together, and we said, we combined them. We said, we want to create, first of all, a, a program that's fun. Uh, what people, uh, in order to get people to do things, it's a lot easier if it's fun. So we want a program that was fun, engaging, and life-changing, and that would help people navigate this phase of life uh, and make the most of it. So we started with uh, five senior centers, one of them uh, in uh, nearby, near you, center in the park in, in Philadelphia, and others in Massachusetts and South Carolina and Indianapolis and Connecticut. And that program over the last two years has gone from five communities to 150 communities. Wow. Uh, and what we found is that 96% of the participants are saying it's helped them in, improve their health, 85% saying it's helped them deal with their financial, uh, uh, personal finances, 98% say the program's helped them in other ways, 99% say the program's a lot of fun uh, and people are learning uh, all sorts of things and they don't want to stop. And we uh, are very excited about it because it seems to me meeting a real need. How do I spend my time? For example, if you look at the av how the average person aged 65 to 74 who's retired spend their, spends their time, uh, and that's about 85% of all people in that age group are retired, uh, they spend about nine hours a day sleeping or trying to sleep, might be more accurate, no, 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 probably not sleeping nine hours, eight hours a day in leisure, of which five and a half is watching television, uh, a couple hours a day in household chores, and less, on average, less than an hour a day doing things that are good for themselves or good for others in terms of um, Know, volunteering or even exercising, doing things. And our goal in this whole program is to help people realize that 
first of all, we have a gift of longevity. We've been given this period of extra years, and like any gift, you should be grateful for it. I had the program in 20 states, 25 states, uh, and we you know, had the program in 20 states, 25 states actually, and growing rapidly, and people love it, and they don't want to stop. And so after 10 weeks, we've been developing, it's once a week for 10 weeks, and then uh, now we have monthly elective classes. Uh, and then I'm very extremely excited about the collaboration that we're doing with you, Rabbi. Is it okay to talk about that? Uh, yeah, um, we're, yeah, 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 I guess. <laughs> so one of the things that we realize, see, we have a goal of uh, NCOA of improving the lives of millions of people. So in order for to reach millions, we want to be able to offer this program in many different settings. Uh, so many of the first 140 places were senior centers, and some of them are retirement communities, and now it's growing in community colleges. Hmm. But we were also really interested and we're very excited to be collaborating with you and Rabbi Dale Friedman on developing the first database version of the Aging Mastery Program, uh, we'll call it Jewish Aging Mastery Program, a Jewish AMP program, uh, and then uh, soon after that, based on the work we do with you, we'll be developing Christian AMP and, and for other religions. But the reason why we're particularly excited, there are two reasons. One is because uh, there's a there's an author named Daniel Pink who's done a lot of uh, TED Talks and writing about motivation, What what how do you get people to do things? And he talks about three basic principles, autonomy, mastery, and meaning. And so I heard him on the TED Talk, and so I, came, I called him up. We had a long, wonderful hour-long conversation. Uh, and what our program, Aging Mastery, so far has been about autonomy, helping people make choices to navigate their lives and to master that phase of life. But what the faith-based tradition bring in is the powerful elements of meaning. What's, what's the meaning of this period? Why am I here? And so we hope to be uh, developed, uh, we know we're developing, and we hope in this fall to be uh, pilot testing. And, and by the way, it looks good. There may be as many as five or seven different communities around the country that are interested in doing participating in a pilot of a Jewish aging mastery program, which will uh, include the basic 10-week program we offer bookended by two classes, one at the beginning on uh, uh, the Jewish perspectives, on growing old and the meaning and the purpose of life, and then kind of what I guess will be the graduate seminar on the last class of spiritual mission statements and meaning. So this we are very excited about for two reasons. One, because it will bring together the faith traditions and knowledge with what we're bringing, which is the how-to and how do you how do you exercise better, how do you eat better, what can you do to repair relationships, and it will also open up many more opportunities for people to participate uh, through congregations and churches across the country. Yeah, I think it's very We're important. We're thrilled to be working on it. Well, it's uh, for I know I can speak for, for Rabbi Freeman, uh, Dale, because uh, we're actually meeting on this again tomorrow morning. Um, that it's an honor for us to be involved in this pilot, but it's also, I think, a compliment to the to you and NCOA for understanding that there is a significant uh, faith component uh, that needs to be addressed dealing with this longevity revolution because it's um, 
again, I go back to what we were talking about before, about 20 minutes ago. The real spiritual question is, I've been, if we're given this gift of time, what am I going to do with it? And I'm, right. I, I, what am I going to do with it? There has to be some, you know, I just finished this other book, the, um, Life Reexamined by a woman by the name of Barbara Hargitay. We wrote about it on the website a couple of days ago. And it's another book that talks about this, this uh, ultimate concern for purpose in the face of what um, I call the, the why questions of existence, which really come into play. You know, why was I born? Why must I die? And why am I alive? What am, what am I here for? And that talks right, to and, this. You know, and to build on that, most of us, at least, again, a sixty-four and a half year old. Uh, by the way, the only people who use halves are five-year-olds, six-year-olds, and sixty-four and a half-year-olds. But um, <laughs> it's because uh, largely we've been on autopilot up to this phase. You know, the purpose of the first phase is learning, going to school, or uh, you know, maybe going to college or going to the army or whatever it might be. And then the next phase is about work, and you know why you're there. You're working, you have right. family obligations, you're doing the things. And then you get to this phase where you stop work. And then what's it about? And there is no, there are no expectations, there are no norms. Everybody's trying to figure it out themselves. And again, in, for our grandparents, where they only had four or five good years, the idea of moving to Florida and sitting in the sun and playing shuffleboard made sense. But if a woman turning 65 has got 15 at least, years. At least, at least. At least, yeah. What what are they gonna what you gonna do? And there isn't uh, there isn't a pathway, there isn't a playbook. Uh, and that's what I you know, that's what we think we're doing here. It's helping to create the playbook, uh, about why not only why but how and what. And it, and and it's a lot of things, you know. We talked about uh use the analogy of, you know, we want to fire on all cylinders well, there are lots of different cylinders, five or six related to diet and exercise. Hydration's a big one. Most of us uh, are, are dehydrated and aren't aware of it. Managing our medication, preventing falls, repairing relationships, intergenerational connection. Uh, we have a fun class that we're, do, we've, we're pilot testing now after they go to the core program. People go to the core program on bucket list. You know what? Right. Are, what are my aspirations? What am I shooting for? What? What? What's going to get me up each morning? Continuing engagement. So we've identified each of the domains. We've broken them down into easy next steps because it's all about taking a step. It's not about uh, you know you, you got to start small. Take a small step. Do something this week. Uh, but it, it really seems to be working, and we're we're very excited uh, to be uh, to see what the pilot tests going to be and there's great enthusiasm uh, from uh, you know different uh, Jewish community center groups around the country that are I think going to line up to want to be part of the pilot program so the AMP program the aging mastery program and, and as you said it's now in operation and it's 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 a very very wonderful idea and makes it also I think uh, Jim ex- these become these ideas become accessible to people it because like as you said it can be so overwhelming, but if you here's ten, you know, an hour and a half, come talk, learn, one step at a time, sort of like bite-sized chunks. It makes it accessible, 
and from what I'm hearing, also sends a very interesting message that there is no one size fits all. Uh, I guess it goes back to Absolutely. that autonomy everybody's, thing. Everybody's everybody's got to chart their own pathway, but with instruction. The other thing, though, is that people uh, find it fun and they're making friends. I mean, this is not something. I mean, you know, people said, "Why don't you just put the whole program online and make it?" It's not. Uh, no, no. We, we don't think so. This is really about connecting with people, going through the journey with people, and it's the shared experiences of helping each other that creates friendships. And uh, on, and we all need, you know, when you're, one of the things that happens when you grow older, uh, you tend to have fewer friends. Either they move away or they pass away or when your kids aren't there for to create those kinds of things. So this, this is proving to be an experience where people are making new friends because this is a universal question, as you said, Rabbi, why am I here? What's my purpose? What am I going to do with this gift of time? Every person over the age of 60, in one way or another, is asking themselves these questions and pretty much doing it all by themselves. And so we create this collective experience about how to do this and help each other. We think it's not only good for the individuals, but it will really be great for the community as well. Uh, Jim, this is the AMP program, um, the Aging Mastery program, seems to be part of a larger uh, wave now that's beginning to populate uh, some of the consciousness of, of the aging community, and that is, you know, this disruptive aging concept. Uh, uh, Thomas's uh, program, uh, the cover story of this, the AARP magazine um, that just came to my house. What's is this a function of the baby boom generation saying uh, we have we kind of like get the fact that the world has changed and because of things like technology and what we've seen with our parents we now expect we expect to live into our 90s and maybe more so we need to just, as we did when we were kids throw things on and just change everything is this part of this. Movement. But I think to some extent, there's no doubt that the you know the 75 million baby boomers uh, turning 65 or not 70 and you know 10,000 a day for the next uh, 15 years or so is uh, creating market opportunities. Um, but I don't. I think it's actually there's a lag going on because I don't. I think what's happening is we know we need something different. Uh, and the difference doesn't exist yet. So we're inventing uh, this phase of life. Uh, and so, yes, you do hear more of the thought leaders and organizations trying to define what that is uh, and how to do it. But the other, the two things that uh, strike me, one is, you know, I, I think the, the, there's clearly this thing called ageism going on with discrimination or based on age, but the worst part of ageism is the lack of expectation. I think we expect nothing of people over the age of 65, other than maybe that they, you know, they pay taxes or they vote. And so there's low expectations. You know, there's a, 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 a woman, a nun, Joan Chittister, who wrote, uh, has written several books on aging, and she has this line. So just because you turn 65, that I means you no longer have a responsibility to create a better world. Uh, and I think uh, we don't expect much. We even when we say people encourage people to volunteer, you should volunteer because you'll feel good. 
Well, I say no. You should volunteer because you're a human being and you're on this earth and you have a, a reason to contribute. And, and that doesn't mean doing an hour a week to make you feel good. That means about how you're going to help make the world better. So lack of expectation, I think, is a problem. Lack of pathways is a problem. What do you do? Uh, and, but I do think there's a recognition that something has to change. And it's exciting to see all of the the people who are doing this. And then, you know, some of the solutions, for example, like we've known for a while that more older people need to work. And then sort of, I don't want to say out of the blue, but all of a sudden something like Uber or Lyft emerge, and all of a sudden any older person with a car uh, could, if they want to, might have an opportunity to do part-time work. So technologies are creating new opportunities, which are very exciting. Uh, believe it or not, we only have about uh, three minutes left uh, for the show, so I, and we're not going to hit all the things that I wrote down that I wanted to talk to you about. It's not unusual. Um, with longevity and with this, what, let me just follow up real quickly then on, on what you were just talking about. There, there just does seem to be a huge opportunity for the country and organizations and indiv- and and. Uh, agencies to make use of the wealth of life experience. Are you finding that that this is still the life experience of say of the of the older adult population is going untapped, and this is a huge reservoir that that can be, get that can benefit America. Absolutely. I mean, uh, the, well, you know, I did. I wrote. A, I did a little bit of back of the envelope math and figured out that just the baby boom generation has. One billion healthy years left. Uh, one billion years in good health. That's not even counting the part in right. line after that. Uh, and if the average person uh, is volunteering less than 30 minutes a week uh, and they're watching 40 or 50 hours of television a week, if we could watch a little less television and do a little bit more, whether it's volunteering, whether it's very simply reading to children, passing on values, um, I think that's what we have to create, is new norms where people each day are able to, you know, be more mindful about what they're doing to keep themselves healthy and fit and that's good for them, but also, what have I done today to help another human being? I think that that should be a question that uh, everybody asks themselves each night uh, and sees that as a responsibility, not just as an option if I feel like it. So it is creating new expectations, new norms, and you kind of see it bubbling up, uh, and, and I think it absolutely has to happen. Uh, otherwise, we're squandering the, the greatest untapped resource probably in the history of civilization, the, number, the time and talent of uh, a billion good years. A billion good years. It's a, the, the the experience alone. We're just going to be running. The the clock is ticking. So let me just conclude this. First of all, again, thanking you very much, uh, Jim, uh, for giving us uh, your time and your expertise. Again, the website, real fast, to people wanting to get some more information about NCOA, National Council on Aging. What's the website? NCOA.org. National Council on Aging. NCOA.org. You can find all sorts of useful resources. And if you could just give us maybe the top two or three things that you would want to leave people with looking forward to how to use this gift of longevity. What are those top three things? That be grateful for it and spend it wisely. 
uh, and look to NCOA, uh, the Aging Mastery Program, and others for how to do this. We have an incredible gift, uh, and no matter where you are, if you're in the community, if you're in assisted living, no matter where you are, there are things you can be doing to get more out of life every day, uh, and we want to help you do it. Thank you very much, Dr. Jim Furman, the president and CEO of the National Council on Aging, uh, NCOA.org. Thank you, Jim, very, very much. Continued success, good health, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take care, everyone, for all of you. Thank you very much for another joining us for another edition of Boomer Generation Radio. We'll see you next week, 10 a.m. here on WWDB AM 860 in Philly, streaming live on WWDBAM.com. Have a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you.